Well, welcome to our third week of this Becoming Wise series. And uh, we've been talking a lot about the process that God takes us through in our lives um, to become mature disciples. And it's, it's not just an automatic process. You know, we have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit in becoming mature and wise in our lives. And sometimes we hit walls and for some people, they never get past them. Other people can can hang on to God through that and, and then grow into people who are a real blessing to others. Well, I've got the privilege today to interview two of the uh, wonderful senior saints at Gateway. So um, I'm just hoping you enjoy their stories. Well, I just want to welcome um, the beautiful Tom Russo, who is one of the elders at Gateway, and you often see him praying for people uh, at the side of the church during worship. But but Tom has an incredible story, and this this man in front of you is not who he was when he was a teenager. Now, Tom, you have told me many times that you were a drugged out fool <laughs> as a teenager. So you know, if we'd met Tom at you know 18 or so, tell me a bit of what your life was like. Um, well, my life, I would say I'm a product of the 60s. Uh-oh. Um, my life growing up, um, I, I, I grew up in a loving family, but I always had a, de- a desire that what's it, what is life all about? The deep question is what are we here for, why are we here for, and what's it all about? Mm. And looking at culture, I just thought, well, do you live just live just to, um, to make money, to work, make money, yeah. grow up and then grow old and then die, yeah. right? Where I thought there must be more to life than that. So I, I grew up as an Italian, uh, an Italian family mm. um, with my Catholic upbringing. Mm. I knew all about Jesus, mm. but I didn't know him. Mm. So, so you were looking in all the wrong places, though, yeah, weren't you? Yeah, so I, I, because of the music culture and everything in the days, you know, I. I went off on a search on a tangent through uh, Eastern religions, mm. um, Eastern religion and philosophies, ended up into the occult mm. and also um, the, the, the drug culture of yeah. the day, right, which led to soft drugs, then to harder mm. drugs and then to uncontrollable addictions. Um, but, yes, but yeah, time, so the people around you too, you had mates who were really... In the trouble, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was people, I've seen people dying of overdoses mm. and things like that, mm. and um, and suicide came into it. Yeah. And uh, but it was just uh, a, a no way out sort of thing. I found myself at 20. My father died, mm. and he was a man who I thought had made it. He, and he was only 57. He retired mm. and he got cancer and died. Mm. And I thought, no, nah, there's more to life mm. than this. Mm. So, but I had. Uh, I was not the model son. He wasn't proud of me at the time, but yeah. um, uh, but he, I. So for the next four years, I struggled in and out of addict, drug addiction, trying to free myself, trying to get out of it, but always falling back into it. So Tom, you know, when we hear that story and look at the man that we know today, obviously Jesus intervened in a miraculous way. So how did that happen? Right. How did I find my face? <laughs> I think my faith found me. At the age of 24, I was fed up with life. I had friends suiciding. I had people dying of drug overdoses around me. And the scripture says that he who seeks will truly find the truth. All through this, my mum and my aunts, 
and good old Italian nonnas kept praying for me. And through a major car accident I was involved in and a series of God incidences, I ended up at a Holy Spirit-filled prayer meeting where I had a face-to-face encounter with Jesus Christ. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Saviour and I was set free from all my addictions and torment by the power of the Holy Spirit. I did a complete 180 turn. Even my foul language instantly stopped. And Tom, you told me you were a smoker, but like overnight. Overnight, all my my drug addictions went, um, my swearing went, other, other desires I had were just taken away overnight. They were real supernatural. I remember the next day I rolled up a cigarette and I took one puff and what am I doing this for? I don't need this anymore. And I just threw it away. Wow. And that was it. And uh, uh, alcohol, never touched alcohol again. Wow. Um, so this, uh, this, was a, this was a major change in your life. But have you ever been tempted to go, to go back to, to walk away from... From, from Jesus? Um, well, after my experience, um, I knew that I know that I know that I know that Jesus is Lord, that he is the way, and in him I found the answers to all the questions I'd been searching mm. for. Mm. I was taught in the early days about spiritual warfare and tempted many times, but scripture promises that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, mm. and that we are overcomers in Christ and that he has won the battles already for us, so, and that he never leaves us or forsakes us. I never looked back. The old self was dead, and there was no turning back. So, and I had no desire to turn back. So, Tom, because you'd been through so many horrible sort of situations and, and a pretty ugly life, was what Jesus showed you was so beautiful, you, you had no intention of turning back. No desire to turn back. What yeah. I found in the scriptures about, about love, joy, peace, yeah. patience, goodness, yeah. kindness, faithfulness, you self-control. Yeah. I wanted to focus on those things, yeah. you know. Yeah. But it was true, good, right, yeah. pure, lovely, as in, as in Philippians 4, 8, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, I just took hold of the scriptures mm-hmm. and did my best mm-hmm. to live the life and with God's help and reading scripture mm-hmm. every day and just pressing in and good people around me mm-hmm. and... Um, knowing not to go certain ways yeah. and just sticking to what, what I felt in my heart that God wanted me to do. Yeah. You know? And uh, a lot of times it wasn't easy, yeah. but the grace was always there to get through it. Mm-hmm. So we, we, I, I was talking about hitting a wall, that very often we come to some sort of sad or tragic experience. Has that happened to you, hit, hitting a wall in your life? Um, yes. Um, as life goes on, all sorts of, you come across all sorts of trials and tribulations and that. Like myself and our stillborn daughter at 38 weeks, chronic sickness, injuries, loss of loved ones, financial business and family struggles, and other health battles and many more. Life happens, but I found out I just dig deeper into Jesus. Um, to praise him, to thank him, to raise above it, keep my eyes on him and his amazing promises mm. and what the scripture has to offer us. Mm. There's so many promises in there for life and, and moving forward and just, just life and mm. living life in its fullness. Mm. Um, yeah, and just and 
keep, keep my eyes on Jesus, his amazing promises, and his amazing grace carries you through. You know, when you hit the wall, don't camp there. Get up and keep on going, mm. keep moving forward. Mm. That's what I've, I've found in life. And mm. to me, God's always come through. He's mm. never never let us down, you know, never let us mm. down. Financially, physically, you know, I've had healings, mm. miraculous healings, um, and just he's never let us down. So you've already given us a lot of wisdom of the elders, yeah. but is there... You know, in, yeah, yeah. what are the precious things that you'd love to pass on to the next generation? Okay. Well, from what, how I live my life and things that I've learnt, um, some a brief, like a simple way of looking at it is uh, always put God first, take time every day to pray and talk to God, um, read and meditate on the scriptures. Sometimes even might just be a verse a day. It could be a psalm, could be a proverb, mm -hmm. could be something, but just feed on the scriptures mm -hmm. daily. Mm -hmm. Pray, ask God what he wants you to do. What scripture do you want to mm -hmm. drop into my head, you know? And you might think of a scripture and just read it. And it's amazing how the Holy Spirit will teach you and minister to you and grow you, you know? Um, I think also accountability to others, uh, to God and others. Um, accountability to God first and others if you're having a hard time or struggling a bit seek out someone whom you trust uh, and uh, love and you know that uh, you can share in confidence and just help to help you through your struggles um, and daily check and also number three daily check on check your heart your motives your desires do they line up with God and what God wants for yeah, you because yeah. you can very easily and the enemy will subtly lead you off track and you don't even know it, you know, it's like the frog in the hot water bit sort of thing. Um, uh, and, and beware of the tactics of the devil because it can be very subtle. Uh, beware of it. Be, um, Ephesians 6.12 talks all about spiritual warfare, so I think it's wise to know about spiritual warfare and the power of the blood of Jesus and the power of the name of Jesus. And and uh, to be also just to be the best version of yourself and who God wants you to be. And um, yeah. And now you know you're a you're a dad, you're a grandfather, you're yeah. an elder within Gateway. Um, so how are you finding purpose in your your later years? I mean, you've still got plenty to go. Well, hopefully I've got plenty to yeah. go, yeah. <laughs> but, I'm 67 nearly and I, yeah. I don't feel it. No. Like the body feels it sometimes, yeah. but I'm trying but to you, look after you that. Were spoke, yeah. You spoke to me about the power of just being there for people. Yeah. yeah. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm finding... Um, in the later years, just drawing on the lessons of life and the wisdom that God that I've learned over the years through my experiences, life and others that I've journeyed with, you know, um, to be there when needed yeah. for family, friends, and, and others, mm. to be there for my grandchildren mm. and others, and um, just to be there and to point people to love and security and the salvation that there is in Jesus Christ, and to be a blessing to others. Mm. I've been blessed to be a blessing and a yeah. blessing to others. Yeah, and and just to listen to the Holy Spirit and sure there's things I have plans but if God wants me to be somewhere else on a certain day or whatever to be there for somebody I'll, I'll do that because that, I've learned over the years that that's what it's all about. You know, This man has so much wisdom and just to, to hear who you were and who God 
how God has brought you to where you are now. And I just thank you for being an elder in our church. And you are you are a blessing to me, Tom. Thanks, Marcy. You're a blessing to me. And, and can I just share one scripture, which really jumped out to me when I first met Jesus. It was John 10, 10, and it says, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life abundantly in all its fullness. And uh, that's also a gateway. It's gateway well. scripture. Yeah, yeah, Thanks, yeah. Tom. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I have with me the beautiful Sally Ansell, who I respect and honour as one of the um, senior saints at Gateway. And I promised I was going to talk with um, some of them and just get some of their wisdom and hear some of their stories. So, Sal, you are on the block today. Great. Yeah. So you were a teenager once. Many moons ago. What were you like as a teenager? Marcy, I was a, a bit of a hippie, beach-loving, free spirit. I was a party girl, um, loved my friends, but I grew up in a, a home... My mum was a single mum because my dad um, died in a house fire when I was just a toddler. And I had three older surfy brothers. Um, but we did grow up in the church. Um, my quite, it was quite a conservative church. Yeah, very conservative. Loved God, yeah. loved um, the Bible and didn't really preach much. And loved Jesus, of mm. course, but didn't really talk about the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so... You know, that was the beginning of a Christian journey, but when did you really find faith in God? Hmm. Well, Mark and I met at school and we were about 16, or actually just a little bit before 16 when we met. And Mark used to come to my house to get away from his house. <laughs> we came from totally different families. His was very confrontive, combatant, and very much academia was their God. Mm. Um, it was a um, Roman Catholic background, but Mark was very open to faith and to things of God. Mm. And so he would come around. He was really attracted to my mum and to my brothers. Um, so I always said that he married me for my family. Mm. But it was, he went away to Western, he came to faith through yeah, my through family church, and yeah. through our yeah. church. And then he went away um, for nine months to Western Australia to where my some of my family cousins were missionaries mm -hmm. at Halls Creek um, to the First Nations people. And so in that time, we weren't actually going together when he left. I broke off with him when he became a Christian. I thought, oh, please, no, mm -hmm. I, I don't want um, any of that in my life at the moment. Even though I was still going to church, mm -hmm. I'd still go to six o'clock prayer meetings, but I didn't want um, to be involved in his faith. And But over that time, he wrote to me nearly every week. And when he came back, I just saw such a transformation wow. in his life mm -hmm. compared to what he was when I first started going out with him to what he was when he came home that, yeah, we reconnected and um, I really investigated my faith and my belief in God wow. then and realised that God wasn't just a God of the Bible or do's and don'ts, mm -hmm. that he was a personal God who loved me um, 
and accepted me. So have you ever been tempted to walk away Hmm. from your faith? Yeah, not long after that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mark and I got engaged, or Mark told me we should get married. He's such a romantic mass. And in that transition or that time between when we got engaged and when we actually got married, I fell pregnant. And I was the first girl in our church um, that was seen to be doing, you know, or caught doing the wrong thing in um, a sexual sense. And so the shame I felt and the disappointment I felt that I brought upon Mm. the church Mm. and upon my family, um, it just made me question, well, is do I really love God and do is does this faith thing really work? Um, but Mars, the love and acceptance of my family, my mum and my brothers and their wives, and of the church, their love towards us and their care of us just really demonstrated to wow. me wow. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And so it made me realise even the, grace, mm. absolute mm. grace, Mars, mm. even though I knew that I had done the wrong thing or mm. had, you know, not operated in the way God would have me operate. Um, and of course, it wasn't just me, it was Mark as well. <laughs> Let me just clarify <laughs> that. Um, so it that just brought healing to my soul. Yeah, so beautiful. there was in that time there was a time that I just thought the shame that I felt just brought me to a place where I'm not good enough for God. Now we've talked a lot about you know people's journeys and that often we come to a place in our life where there could be a tragedy in our life where we and it can just cause us to hit the wall. Mm. Now we've we've been with you and Mark and have walked through that with Mm. you so do you want to tell us a little bit about that experience for you? Yeah. Look, there, um, there's there been a few seasons where I've experienced the dark night of the soul. Um, I guess the first one was when my brother, who um, got into drugs and developed schizophrenia, took his life in his 40s. That just really hit me hard. Um, but then when... Um, our children, we've had three children, two girls and a, a boy, when mm. our son Kane struggled and wrestled as a teenager with depression also, and then he took his life at the age of 28, that... Um, <laughs> yeah. how, do you, how do you come back from something like that? That just caused me to have to recalibrate my faith, mm. to rethink it, to wrestle with God with it. And I knew God was still there. I never doubted God wasn't there, but his promises and his word, I just didn't want to hear it because when you're in that situation, it's just like blah, 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 blah. Even coming to church was painful because we'd, I'd hear all the worship and the, the promises and the word from the front and it was just like, my soul was screaming, that's not real, that's how life happens. Um, So over a period of time, I guess I allowed God to sit in the ashes with me Mm -hmm. 
and I invited him into that place rather than pushing him away. And I came to learn, Marcy, that there's so many gaps in life that we don't as humans understand. That the things that we read in God's Word and the experiences that we have, there's often gaps. And I don't think we're meant to understand them. And sometimes that question, why? It's the wrong question. It's, we should, because God didn't tell me why that had to happen. Mm -hmm. But the question or the openness we need to have with God is, God, please minister to me. Show me your love. Show me your goodness. Show me your grace. Show me you. And I think um, in it took probably three years for me to, to feel that I had come through the other side wow. of that furnace because it was a furnace. It was like the burning of my whole soul. Um, and I think that if I had not have had an earlier experience um, years prior to that of the Holy Spirit and a, a time of being really anointed and experiencing the reality of the Holy Spirit, that became an anchor or a rock that I could hold on to, that Jesus wasn't far away in the heavenlies. He was here. He was in my pain um, and he was where I was at. So... Hercel, on the other side of that, I know there is so much wisdom that you have gained and I know your heart is to give it away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what we could talk for hours about yeah, that. <laughs> but what is it that you would want to give away to yeah. to the next generation? Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot I could give away to the next generation. But one of one of them is would be that, you know, we create God in our image who we want him to be rather than listening to who God says he is in the Bible. And I think when tragedies hit or major disappointments happen or, yeah, when life just occurs that doesn't work out the way we want it to, we blame the other people around us for hurting us or we blame the church or we blame God rather than trusting God with those gaps of what we don't understand Mm. and clinging to the God who he says he is and the promises that he has given to us rather than working our faith through our experiences that disappoint us and where God hasn't met us where we thought he should. Mm. Um, And Sal, I know, you know, we've been saying that God hasn't finished with any of us yet. And, you know, I've walked with you for 40 years and I know there's so much wisdom in this woman that God has taken you through these things and it has built you into the person you are today. And so many of you are blessed by Sal's wisdom and we love you. Thank you.